What do we want for dinner? Meat. I want meat. What? Okay. Just in general, meat. Lots of meat. I want you, baby. Okay. Welcome back to Give, Give it, to it to Me, me Straight. straight. <laughs> I like how I close my eyes. I like I'm in say, such like a passion I when I say it. I was just going to say, your face when I you I really get into that. it. You know, I'm like, uh, welcome back. It looks like you're singing, like you're in a boy band. I want to sing. I want to be able to sing. I have a horrible voice, though. I feel like you don't actually have a horrible voice. I do. I've okay. never heard you actually try Look, to say. I always told you, me and my homies in elementary school on the bus, <laughs> we were being an ace of base. <laughs> okay. We were like a little Al Capella group. <laughs> Aquapella. Okay, Aquapella. Aquapella group. <laughs> no, John, I, I feel and like you're like, fucking with me because did, at this the, point, no, stop. You know that word, just like you know pedicure. You're some, just Sometimes I fuck up the word though. Acapella? Acapella. I said alpaca. I, I feel like you're doing this on purpose. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> we did the chorus parts like, I saw the sign. It opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. No one could imagine. Right, and people then, are going to stop anyways, listening then he, if you keep going. Then my boy Kyle, who I haven't seen since elementary school, he had a bowl cut, blonde hair, and he did like, he crushed it. He crushed the solo. I mean, he was into it. You know, when you're that age, you probably think you're so cool too. You're oh, like, God's all, gift. all the ladies want me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. But it was really just our bus driver being kind to us. She's like, good job, guys. Oh, round of applause. Thank you. So I'm just so excited. Halloween's over. I know. John, you already Thank spoke God. about it. Okay. It's Christmas I'm just time saying, now. It wasn't over yet. Last podcast. There's and now a, it's over now. There's that like faux fern christmas tree right on my desk and that has been there for a full year it's already ready for this year's yeah, christmas exactly i didn't have to take it down uh so tell me john about your week what are your actually what you know are your that just lows? made me think of okay. when alex and i had the house in raleigh alex didn't tell me that she went and got a tree yeah for our house and she knew that i was gonna look at the ring alarm the ring doorbell in the front because i always do because i'm crazy so she went around back and brought the tree inside the back to way. To the place where he couldn't see it. I wanted a tree. It just goes back to me being a Scrooge. Like I was like, yeah. we don't need a fucking tree. Exactly. Oh, I was like, get a fake tree. Because then the pine needles and all that shit goes but everywhere. I just like the scent and how they're unique. and Unique New York. I just wanted a real tree. Yeah, whatever. Whatever my baby you know wants, that, my baby gets. You know, okay. You were <laughs> mad at me when I brought it in. But have you seen that YouTube video? It was like back when YouTube became a thing so like a hundred years ago the guy the christmas tree guy when he's like put it under the tray it was a real good tray look at it go absolutely not no i don't remember you that. don't know someone i'm sure has to know i never really watched youtube to be honest it was like around the time where the muffin guy like muffins nope don't know shoes. that one either let's get some shoes oh that guy like shoes yeah. but he was like blueberry muffin boysenberry glass that guy you know, you had too much time on your hands. No, I yeah, I was in middle school or elementary school. I don't know when these shows came out. <laughs> these <laughs> shorts on on YouTube. Anyways, so it reminded the, you. Of I that. digress. This is just about a Christmas tree and the Christmas tree guy. I was just saying it just it just reminded me of Christmas. Anyways, what's your high? What's your low? 
I'll start with both. my low because I just would rather start with my low. My low is that time is just fucking flying. I know that we've spoken about this a million times before, but I just feel like we're gonna agree to disagree. The weeks are just going by so fast. There is not enough time. So it's not that's not really my low. I just had to make that point that I can't believe like we're already recording another episode again. We've almost been doing this for a full year. That's crazy. That's crazy. I know it's time to give up. Let's pack it in. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We did what we came out to do. My low, my actual low, is that my period is so inconsistent Dude, that what? I have scares all the time. Cause Oh, you have scares. John, it's not your body. I just I went off birth control like two years ago, and ever since then my period has just never been consistent. Uh, sometimes I'll I'll get it every fifty days. Sometimes it's every thirty days. Sometimes it's every. This gonna be a listener <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna email and be like, "That's super unhealthy." Yeah, I need to go see a urologist or whatever. A gyno. I, I don't know. My gyno says I'm normal, but uh, my cycle's just all over the place, which doesn't help because. Uh, well, does it have to do with you, you being have like anxiety? An with you being an athlete though, right? Doesn't have something to do with your period? I feel like I have enough body fat on me that my period, it, like it's never completely stopped. There was like six months that I didn't get it. Anyways, so, you know, Alex is late and I'm like, all right, let's get a test. Cause I just want to, I just want to nip in the, why be miserable and stressed out? Like, let's just do a test. I'm fine because I know it's going to show up eventually. So my low is the anxiety that it causes for you because it stresses me out. And I'm like, I have no need. I to didn't say any that you were stressed. Don't, don't pretend like you're, John don't went, be so, John you're so cool. went into the store to get the, you want to talk about stress? That pregnancy was, test. that was annoying. <laughs> And stressful. I roll in there. I get the test and I go to the self-checkout because, you know, I want to self-check this product out. <laughs> I swipe it. Alarm goes off. You need an attendant to help you. I don't know why. Maybe people are in there stealing pregnancy tests. You got the nice one. You never need to buy the nice one. Oh, you one. definitely need to buy that. No, you, you don't. don't. You don't fuck around with that. You just get the one that you with the line. You don't need a generic John one. John said he, he doesn't want to He doesn't want to read symbols. He wants to know if it says pregnant or not the pregnant. The word says pregnant or not pregnant. <laughs> so I go to swipe. Alarm goes off. The manager is like, all right, hold on. I need the key. There's some key. It, there wasn't a lockbox on or anything. I, it's a key to the system, the self-checkout system. He doesn't have the key. The lady behind the desk doesn't have a key. They're arguing with each other. There's a line of people. They're like, what is the product? Clear blue. Uh. She's like, you know what? Just come down here to me and I'll swipe the product for you. While it says it on like the self-checkout thing, like birth control test. <laughs> it's birth <Like>, control test. <laughs> pregnancy test. I was like, just get me the fuck out of here. Oh my gosh. Well, you don't need to stress. It's not you. It's me. And I just know that. Alex, we're a team. It's, never... it's both of us. It's, it's teamwork. <laughs> it I takes love... two, baby. But anyways, so scare is over. <laughs> Crisis we're averted. Good for now. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. John, just I just, maybe I just want uh, many of you running around one of these I mean, days. I don't blame you. I'm pretty fantastic. <laughs> okay. So that's my low. <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> that was your, oh, I forgot that was your low. <laughs> yeah. What's yours? <laughs> my low is... Alex and I are trying to like, you know, do a little cutting phase before our Hawaii trip and carbs is one of the cutting items <laughs> and it's too difficult for me to not eat those, That's especially so true. in your parents' house. There's cheese everywhere. <laughs> bread. Well, that's not a carb, but there's but bread. bread. <laughs> it's just, uh And then Halloween was just around the, like it was just uh, last I don't, week. I don't, the candy doesn't oh, really for affect me, me. I'm like, are you kidding Were me? Were you crushing Reese's? candy? Oh, yesterday. Yeah. I was like, ah, what's one day? <laughs> It's also like for me if I be, if I'm being good and then I see you like having a glass of wine I'm like well if she's drinking I'm definitely drinking. But then it's a cycle because you have a glass of wine and then I want a carb and I'm like I could eat 
a, a toast or a cracker, a toast, a toast, <laughs> but like a toast. Uh, it is, it is really mind over matter to like, you just can't, you just can't have it in front of you. Don't put the tortilla chips and salsa in front of me because I will eat the whole fucking bowl. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so hungry right now. Yeah. So let's speed this up so, so that's I can your eat. Low. Okay. Well, what's your high? Did I just give my high? I'm losing my fucking mind. No, I didn't give you, you my didn't. high. Okay. My high is uh, going on the boat with your dad this upcoming weekend. Oh, that'll be fun. So I know your dad's really been wanting to go on his boat. You guys, Alex's dad has a boat and he's been on it like twice this year. He's crazy busy with his company, like, you know, remodeling homes in the Hamptons or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> going on the boat with your dad and your brother because we need to do a little bonding. Your little brother. Bro time. Yeah. It'll be nice to. Nice to do that. And uh, also I get to watch the Virginia Tech game tomorrow for once. Because every oh, time we Wait, film it's on tomorrow? Yes, yeah, so they have a Friday game. Oh. But like every time Virginia Tech plays or like any college football game, we're always filming a wedding. It's every week. And I'm like, damn it. So now I finally well, get to watch it tomorrow. Yeah, because we're filming every single week, especially during football season. It's like peak wedding season. So right. yeah. that'll be nice. Yeah. A couple little highs a little, there. little downtime. Um. Besides that, I just feel like we're crushing it with our weddings right now. And I'm just like, you know. Actually, honestly, that should be your high. <laughs> the special effects that you've been adding to the highlight films look I just, so awesome. I just, they're not even special effects. I just feel like we're getting, we're finally getting into like a groove of like, you know, our style, well, what, yeah. I guess you would say. And like, we're only in year three of our business. And I, I think that our work has always been solid and good, but just to elevate it to another level, I'm loving all the films that we're putting out. I'm like, fire, fire. I love this one. <laughs> this I is love lit. This one. That's what the kids say, right? <clears throat> this is Liddy. Yeah, Liddy titties. So I'm just loving all the uh, wedding films. I know. No, I, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for these wedding films. And we have uh, some other exciting things going on. No, we got to keep that secret. Do we have to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, our yeah, listeners, yeah, yeah. I feel like, are our friends. Like, it's not like we're announcing it on social media. Why? You, you want to tell them? Yeah. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I think so. I think it's going to be fire. Okay, well, it, it has to do with our wedding film company. Basically, we're rebranding the company. Yup. We're going to come up with a whole new epic site. It's still going to be Madison Gray Media, but the website is going to be so sick. We got a photo shoot. We got all this stuff happening at the end of December. Yeah. I'm pumped to show you guys. Fresh faces. It's going to be exciting. So don't tell anyone, you guys. You guys are the only people who know. Hush, hush. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex, who are we talking to? We have a special guest today. Oh my today. gosh, guys. I'm so excited for our guest today. He is a longtime friend. His name is Joe. He'll be joining us. He is a teacher, a husband, and a dad to two beautiful kiddos. And he is now a published author. He wrote a children's book about celebrating our cultural differences and his wife another one of my longtime friends actually encouraged him to write his first book all because of a tiktok that she saw welcome to the podcast joe alex and john well i almost said welcome <laughs> you but no, welcome i am me it's I my am show so, joseph <laughs> i am welcome so to my excited. show yes He's, you know what you're a teacher though so like i feel like you're used to leading like you're probably used to just being <laughs> like welcome to class everyone here we are <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like I have to I, raise my hand to talk. <laughs> I just came from parent teacher conferences and I have more coming up. So I'm like, welcome to my virtual classroom. And just, yeah, you know, <laughs> wait, are you guys still doing a lot of things virtually or are you in in person? No, I'm in I'm in full, you know, fully in person every day. Uh, but I mean, the things that we are taking from virtual learning that do work, 
like parent teacher conferences. No, I do not want to sit in a room until 7 p.m. waiting for parents to come in. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's perfect. And we're like getting into the holiday season too now. I can't, I just can't imagine because you've been a teacher for how many years? Uh, about 10 years. Going wow. from being in person and then the shift of the pandemic. So, well, let's, we'll like dive into being teacher and all for that sure. stuff like in a few minutes. So, <laughs> you are a parent of two babies. Tell us about the joys and the struggles of being a parent because we, we have no idea. We have no idea. Like, obviously, we are schedule. It's really easy, right? <laughs> our schedule <laughs> is just us. And you have to schedule your life around now yeah. two living things that you have to keep alive. Well, I'll tell you, they're really fun to make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're still um, practicing. <laughs> hey, that's it. Practice makes perfect. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so, no, uh, I, it's the greatest joy of my life. It's given me purpose. It's given me direction. It's given me motivation to kind of do the best that I can be doing, you know, uh, because what I do is, is a direct, you know, correlation to what I'm able to provide for my kids. And so, like, I want to be able to leave a legacy behind. I want them to be proud of me, you know? Mm -hmm. So like uh, it's a great motivator and it's uh, the best thing to walk into after coming from a long day of work. And like, yes, for me, parenting is also work, you know, as it is for a lot of parents. And so, but like, you know, um, I talk about my commute a lot, right? Because I have a two hour commute. I, I'm on Long Island. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I live on Long Island. Um, first of all, are you guys on Long Island right yeah, now? Yeah, we're currently yeah, right on Long Island. Okay, yeah. cool. And so, oh, oh, John, have you spent enough time on Long Island yes. to say on Long Island or do you still say oh, on Long Island? <laughs> One I week on Long Island is enough I trained for him well so he okays. knows how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you're supposed to say in Long Island? No, you're, it's on Long, on Long Island. Long Island. But if you're also. not from Long Island, you would say like- I did get yelled at Long the first Island. time because I said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So I live on the island here and then I travel into Brooklyn. Brooklyn is super cool. And I skateboard into work, which is really fun too. So like- <laughs> Like you're an author, How far away a cool you have to park dad, the car? a teacher. You're like probably just the coolest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, whatever. I like, like to, I am the, coolest. the kids like to see me, you know, like on the skateboard, like, oh, there's Mr. Ray. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's kind of fun. And it honestly, it beats walking and I get, uh, I can take a later train and get, and still get to work on time. So wow, that's yeah. awesome. But it is a two hour commute. And uh, I say all that to say like those two hours in two hours out, that's my time. That's like, I get to nap. I get to read. Right. I get to relax. I get to listen to "Give It to Me Straight." Hey. <laughs> I'm a weekly listener. I do that. To say that. <laughs> Amazing. But, uh, and so yeah, and so like, but I get to then go home having had all that time to then go home to my kids, and I get to have more energy because I already napped on the train. Now I have energy to play with my kids. You know? That's such a good point. Smart. So how was that then when you were working from home during the pandemic? Because there, it's probably a double-edged sword, right? Because you have this time that you're spending with your family that you wouldn't have necessarily had before, but you're also working and like, then you're not really getting your me time. Yeah. I mean, especially during that time. So uh, Eli is my oldest. He's, uh, he will be four in January and Lily will be two in January. And so Lily was born in January of 2020. And so when everything oh God, shut right down before pandemic oh time, yeah, yeah. And so we had a newborn pretty much, you know, when the world shut down, uh, Missy was already just like, you know, on maternity leave as is. And then the world shut down and then I was there and then I was able to help her through that whole entire process where she would have been alone when I was yeah. at work, you know, like that is time that like quality time that I would right. not have had other had this not happen, you know, obviously not that I would have wished for any of this. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
but but something at least something good out. actually happened yeah. out of COVID. Correct. That yeah. right, one hundred percent. And so, like at that time, that I will never take for granted. I will always cherish, you know, that me time with my with just the four of us, just like mm-hmm. it was literally just the four of us for such a long time. Um, and so, I mean, and then just like with balancing work with all of that, like I lost my job in the pandemic. You know, it wasn't, you know, and no one's fault. Just it is what it is. I had to find a new teaching job. So that was a struggle, you know, and that that only lasted for one school year because once we started going back in person, just the scheduling and the commuting wasn't going to work for me. And so I found another job in Brooklyn and that's where I'm at now. Uh, But when I was working at home, you know, it was, it's challenging because like literally like you're in my classroom right now and behind me is like a door with children who are ready to bang at any moment, you know. (laughs) Bang on the door on any yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I always had a question though. I was actually a teacher's aide, believe it or not. I lasted oh, cool. six months before I quit because I was like, this is crazy. This what is one group? of the hardest jobs in the world. I'm sorry. What age group? I was like K through five. I did like ESL, English as a second language, which I have no business teaching because I don't know Spanish or any other language but English. But my question is being a teacher is very difficult. And then once you had children, I mean, it's almost like another job, right? Going from teaching all day and then going home. And then it's like, you got to do almost the same thing all over again. I mean, how, how was that as far as like transitioning when you had a newborn? It was, it was very difficult. And I will say it takes years of, you know, teaching to really get into like your groove. And then once you're in your groove, now you have to add like whatever's going on in your personal life. And then like, and I will say this, you know, um, I don't know how many podcasts I'm going to be doing or whatnot, but I will say like, there could be past students who are listening to me right now. Right. And so like, I am going to be the first to say that I am not a perfect teacher. I have been a bad teacher before and I've been, you know, borderline just mean to kids, you know, and that's just who I was at that time. Like who I am now is not the person who I was 10 years ago. And I say that to my kids too. Uh, in fact, my kids on Monday uh, asked me, how many kids do I have? And I said, 42. Right? <laughs> and I said, I have two kids of my own and I yeah. have 40 students. You yep. all are my kids. Yeah. You know? I spend more time with you than I do with them. Right. And so like, I care about them a great deal. And so when I had to unpack what my job really is, and it's not just a job, but I, I get to play a role in these kids' lives. Like, no, I'm not their dad, but I'm their teacher. And that means something too. The thing is, I have a ton of teacher friends and what always hits me like right in in my heart is that you as a teacher don't know what happens with these kids behind closed doors and you might be their only source of authority or leadership or support or support. support. And it just, it really like, it puts it in a whole new perspective for you as someone like who's not in the teaching world or who doesn't have kids and, you know, so thank you to you as a teacher, but I feel like your job is really just so much bigger than just going in and showing up and doing, you know, what you do every day. Like you do have an impact on these kids' lives, but who are you if you're not growing, you know, in 10 years, you shouldn't be the same teacher that you were right. 10 Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so like, I, I say all that to say like, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm a different person now. And so the way I look at, you know, like balancing kids and balancing my own family or balancing work and whatnot, it's just that, you know, this is just part of who I am. It's not, you know, it, it makes up the overall greater identity of who I am. You right. Know? And so I'm, I, I, when I look at it like that, it becomes so much easier to go into work and come home and okay, fine. Like, yeah, I'll change the diapers in the day <laughs> yeah. at home or, you know, yeah. like, I'll clean the house. I'll do the laundry, whatever. Yeah. You know? 
and yes, of course, there are days where I complain and I yell and I, you know, like there are bad days. You yeah. Know? It's We're all human. Well, you also get that hour of sleep on the train. So oh, I need it. To go. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice built in nap time. So was it being a teacher or a parent that served as inspiration for your book, which congratulations, is this your first book? Yeah, it's my, my first published book. And That's so I mean, amazing. I, as an English major and as an English teacher, there's just naturally time and space for me to do my own writing. And so mm-hmm. I've always done my own writing, um, you know, and so like I've always had like stuff that I just like work on and it's just it is what it is. It's how I express. I'm not I am. I cannot draw. I cannot paint, but I can put some words together. That's you what know? you could hire an illustrator for, which that's I'm sure exactly, you did. And that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so for, for the book, um, a lot of inspiration came uh, around the pandemic and around that time period. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of division that was going on in the world, like culturally, you know, and it was something where, and I'm not a political person at all. I will not, you know, engage in like that type of conversation or anything like that. But like, it is what it is. Like, it's the life, it's the experience that these people are going through. And so um, when a lot of crimes were were happening against specifically people uh, of Asian descent, you know, it, uh, it, it really, you know, resonated with me as an Asian American. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the experience that I go through, or that my mom could go through, just by wanting to live here, you know, Uh, I'm a first generation uh, Filipino American. My parents were born in the Philippines and they immigrated here uh, back in like 70, I want to say 74, 75 around there. Um, They were really, they were like pretty old when they had me and my little sister. I'm one of six kids um, and I'm number five of six. So for the book, you know, I really wanted to, instead of just stopping Asian hate, I wanted to spread Asian love. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to I focus on, yeah. And I wanted to use this as an opportunity to just celebrate one another, you know, and celebrate our differences. You know, I believe xenophobia, which is something that you hear in the news all the time. I think it's just defined as the fear of things that are different. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where we feel comfortable around the people who share our, you know, our lifestyle. Yeah. Yep. Who are the same. Yeah. And I love that you are tackling it from a standpoint of kids because it's so important to instill that at such a young age. So was this something that you experienced specifically? So if you want to like talk about the book a little bit for anyone yeah. who hasn't read it or like don't know the synopsis, don't give any spoilers away so people can get it. But yeah, <laughs> it's okay. There's I mean, only we can at a... least start with the name of the yeah, book, right? Tell us, tell what us is about the your title? Book. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the title of my book is called Lumpia for Lunch. It is about a five-year-old boy who goes to his first day of kindergarten. Uh, He's all excited about it uh, until he finds out that he is going to be taking Filipino food uh, for his first day of school for school lunch. Uh, And he becomes a little bit scared about what his new friends are going to think when they see food that just seems unfamiliar or not Mm -hmm. what he had had expected. Uh, And so the book kind of goes through that. Uh, and the connection that our food, especially with Filipino Americans, that our food has with our cultural ties, our, our family's legacy, like some of those really powerful moments are done through our food. And so I wanted to highlight that. And to answer your question, I never brought Filipino food to lunch. I always ate it at home, like every day, okay. pretty much. Like I, can't, I come home and my mom already has 
food like prepared and cooked and stuff. And I loved it. And I just honestly, I never thought to bring it because I knew it wasn't like the American thing to do, you know, and it was just like, at that time, like, I I struggled to understand now, like, what does it mean to be American, you know, and so um, it's funny, I was speaking to a mother who uh, recently read the book to her daughter, and they're Greek, and uh, and she said, oh, oh, have you ever watched uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? And there is a scene where she brings, uh, you know, a Greek food to school lunch. And I think it's called moussaka or something like that. And the other kids are saying, what is it called? Mouskaka? (laughs) Right. Well, kids are brutal, but it's like what you said. It's like if you don't, they don't know. So I think introducing them to things again at this, at this age. I just realized I'm the problem because when you said that, you guys were like, uh, and I started laughing. (laughs) I'm I'm the problem. (laughs) I need to fix my ways. It was a a funny joke, but it's at the expense of, you know, like someone who might feel sensitive about that. Yeah. But kids will be kids and, you know, things sound funny if it doesn't sound familiar you know Mm -hmm. but once things become more familiar or even that they're familiar that words sound funny words sound different and there are different languages and just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's funny Mm -hmm. exactly yeah i mean but kids are going to be kids you know i'm i am the type of kid who when i was in school i also made fun of some kids who did things differently you know what i mean and it's just part of being a kid a kid learning like, for instance, there was a girl who dipped her chicken nuggets in mayonnaise and mustard. You know what I mean? Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, look at her. You know? Yeah. Right, right. I mean, like going outside of the grain at that age, it's like, it's confusing. Again, like you don't understand things that you don't understand. So actually, it's funny because I see that a lot now, still though. Like, remember people, it's always like with pizza. Like what do you mean? When you have like pineapple on pizza, oh, everyone's like, you're one of those pizza. people. Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. But then Whatever you learn else, as you, know? you get older that your differences are what make you you. And that's where you stand out as a person and to like lean into that. So is this something that you bring into your classroom as well? Like, how do you incorporate this type of message with your kids on a daily basis? On a daily basis, I always tell them how valuable they are as people and that they are loved and that they are valuable you know i try to teach them compassion and dignity compassion means other people are worth it other Mm -hmm. people are valuable and that dignity means that i am worth it i am valuable and so like i try to say like no we we are different we might look different we might think differently but at the end of the day we we are sharing the space we're sharing this time and if we share our stories where we come from then no it's not that we experience it but we're at least able to, you know, have that awareness and have that ability to then celebrate our differences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really only possible by just sharing your story. That's so important. And I don't know if you realize, but you are making such an impact even by like sending that message to them every day. That's so huge. It's like, I don't know if you, I feel like I brought this up to you and you didn't ever hear of it. Rainbow fish. I like grew no. up on that book. You've never heard of rainbow fish. Do you know oh, what I'm I love, talking about? Of course I have yes. it. Yeah. yeah. John does not know rainbow fish. I'm like trying to think of what I remember. I'm like chicka chicka boom boom. That <laughs> chicka chicka boom boom. Yeah, yeah I remember that book. That's a good one too. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> oh man. I really want to highlight teachers. Uh, and I know that that was something that I mentioned to you before, right? And then like this impact that teachers can have on students' lives. And in my in my book, it's the teacher at lunch. And I know this is spoilers, but like, 
listen, <laughs> it's 850 words. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all good. There's not really much to go <laughs> off of. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to not spoil when it's when it's a snippet. <laughs> you ever watch uh, like a movie trailer and you like you feel like, all right, I just watched the whole thing. Yeah. It's a it's a kid's book. That's, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so for for in Lumpia for lunch, it's the teacher that really creates an opportunity to just have a conversation, uh, to be able to say like, hey, I brought this for lunch. What do you all eat at home? What do you all love to eat at home? And then in the, in the story, the kids start rattling off all the things that they eat at home. And then that gives Eli, uh, the, the main character of our story, uh, the courage to be able to uh, share his lunch and say like, hey, this is what I actually brought to school. Are there other... Have you seen any other like resources or other teachers do this as well? Like, like spread this message and like, like, I, I feel like this should be like a school wide thing. Yeah. Like where, so, you know well, what I mean? <laughs> so Alex, I know you and I both went to Sachem. Yeah. So like Sachem had multicultural club and multicultural mm-hmm. day, you know, and, and that's kind of like where it kind of was limited to, right. Where like, no, we do do it and it's here. And you know what? They made it like one of the biggest clubs and one of the biggest events of the year. And then like, it was really cool. And like, there was that celebration and there was that space for us to be able to celebrate that. But as you're saying, and like, this is us being like, you know, several years outside of high school, like having to remember like, oh yeah, that we did do some of those things. Right. You know? But it's like one of those things where if we can make it like a uniform, like a standard thing, like, Hey, like we're going to celebrate everyone's cultures in a special way. It could be an event. It could be a series of events. There could be things that schools can do to try and bring that in. And part of me wanting to write this book is to be able to speak to schools and spread this message. You know, I want to be able to go to a school and say, I, I could do an author reading and like a fun activity with the kids. And then in the afternoon, when the kids go home, I can do an after school, you know, assembly for just the teachers and talk about this, you know, mm-hmm. and like give them resources. It gives uh, kids permission then to step out of their comfort zones. Cause I think if they, and it's like what you said earlier, the teacher was the one who kind of led the way that made Eli, the main character feel comfortable about, you know, what he was bringing for lunch. And it's like, if you see someone of authority doing something, it leaves space for you to be like, Oh, this is okay. So I think, again, it's going to start from the top and trickle down to the students. And it's like, maybe that means expanding their cafeteria lunch or I I don't know, whatever that kind of looks like, but I think it starts from the top. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that the book is more towards what elementary school kids, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would say. And you teach middle school. So what made you write the book towards the demographic of younger children than like the middle school age that you've been working with? Uh, the funny answer to that would be 850 words versus chapters. It was just <laughs> yeah, easier. Yeah. <laughs> a like, picture book. Much- well, also your kids though are that age or well, yeah. you know, they're about to be that age. And so I think too, giving that message to them and showing them, you know, exactly what you're doing is. But also like, aren't, I don't know, what is the age where you retain so much more information? Like, I remember them teaching me Spanish and I remember the numbers like in second grade, first grade. I still remember the numbers. Oh, absolutely. So are you, they say, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, the numbers in Spanish. Like, uno, dos, tres, oh. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew what, I know what you mean. I know I what you mean, John. at a certain age, like younger children. And then after you have a traumatic brain injury, after those, those two points are like where you learn the most knowledge and you retain the most knowledge. So it's interesting, right? Research tells us that Uh, especially with middle school. And this is why I like middle school in a middle schooler goes through the most amount of growth in those years 
than they ever will outside of the like outside of the uterus, like in that rate of growth. It's crazy, wow. right? Huh. Yeah. Well, puberty, and, if you think that's like when that happens. Yeah. Exactly. And so they are real weird looking and that's okay. And they know it and they, that's okay too. The awkward phases. Yeah, for sure. But, and so for me, I'm like, everybody needs this message. Every member of the family needs mm -hmm. this message. Every member of a school community needs a message like this. And so I want to start it as young as I can, you yeah. know, as young as they have that relationship with their teachers. And I think kindergarten is a really good uh, spot for that. Preschool, I think it's, it's fun to like, look at, I have the book here, uh, to like, look at the colors and look at yeah. the picture, you know, but then kindergarten is when they're starting to really say like, what happened in the story? You know, like, what, what do you think he, how do you think he feels right now? And so by answering those questions that young, they are then getting those social emotional skills to recognize how kids feel. And so if they say something and they notice, oh, what I said made that kid look that way, that mm -hmm. tells me that what I said made that person upset, you know? So like, that's part of it too. Well, I think it was a great book. I actually read it. It took me three days because, you know, <laughs> I had to ask just, Alex, like, what are some of the words? Um, I also want to just point out that Eli has a very fresh haircut. I noticed that. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's obviously he's modeled after my son. John appreciates the hard part and I have to mail it to you so we can get it signed by you. That's true. <laughs> can I ask this, John, why are you staring at my kid's hard part? I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding. I, I'm sorry what <laughs> how do i answer that i know i i make that joke all the time at my, uh, at my barber at i was barber. just jealous i'm like this is a solid hard part <laughs> yeah. tell my barber get the straight razor out yeah, yeah. So, can you actually tell us what a lupia is lupe yeah, lump yeah lumpia is just an egg roll it's a small egg roll uh there's i mean they actually come in different sizes and whatnot but like uh, a, a typical Filipino lumpia is filled with either vegetables or sometimes there's like a like a pork filling, almost like a sausage. Um, Yum. I'm so and, I'll take them all. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, they, you dip them in different things like uh, you, you ever go to like Buffalo Wild Wings and there's like the sweet Thai chili. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Philippines, like the eight, you know, there's like an actual sauce that's kind of like that. Uh, is it like red? Oh my God. I've had it. I've actually yeah. had it because yeah, my yeah, rehab yeah. director was from the Philippines and she would make, it was like uh, the egg roll was very thin, like yep, the casing. It. 100%. It's like a red. It. It's very good. So you're going to make it for us, right? Oh, 100%. It's so yes. easy. Air okay. fryer. Perfect. We've done Perfect. it in the air fryer. It's so good. Are you teaching your kids this now being the age that they are? I mean, I know Lily, she's just like a sweet little angel baby and like my, you know, she can't read yet, but <laughs> like, what, what are you doing even with your own kids because you know you have your your 40 children in school but like what are you teaching your own kids too so i will say this in terms of just food lily is a far better eater than eli no way yeah eli you know so he didn't have he didn't have teeth until after his first birthday and so he was at his first birthday party rocking two little pearls coming out <laughs> yeah and so like up until that point we would give him soft foods and things that he could like manage with no teeth you know uh, which I guess at the time I didn't realize they, they could manage quite a bit without teeth you know and so I but we were still so cautious it's our first kid yeah so yeah we only gave him like soup spaghettios mac and cheese quesadillas yeah. like soft things like simple things Lily she had teeth mm -hmm. at like four or five months old you no know? way. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I don't and know. So, I don't know the milestones. I don't know what's normal. We have a niece, Olivia, Dan's Dan's daughter. And right. I just yeah, I yeah. just follow her. She's just I penis. barely passed my peds class. So I know like <laughs> the, it's crazy the developmental milestones that kids yeah. go through and like the positions that they should be in at a certain age. I mean, it's crazy how intricate it is. For sure. You know, the milestones are and every kid is different. Every mom, you know, every mom is different, every kid is different. And so mm -hmm. 
you know, a lot of these like milestones and the research that goes into it, at the end of the day, it's really just like comparing like what, what is normal, you know, and it's that search for the, those answers for like, kids are just kids, right? You know? Nothing. And so normal. like <laughs> for Lily, she eats everything. And so she loves Filipino food. She'll eat anything. Eli does not really like Filipino. Oh, food. So, maybe not yet. Maybe it's not no, yet. it'll be an acquired taste for him. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you just keep giving it to him until he eats it, you know, <laughs> Definitely, you know, yeah, just torture him. Like, you're gonna like this egg roll. This, I'm gonna make an honest man out of you here. <laughs> That's right. You're gonna learn today. Oh my gosh. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Is there any, is there any advice any- we need? What advice would he give like a new parent, right? Well, he's, well, you're, I guess you're a veteran now because you have, you have two. Yeah. Well, well, all- what advice would you give? So, two pieces of, of advice. What advice would you give for a new parent and a teacher in a classroom currently? I would say two Very things. broad. I feel like I, I, you're like, I could gosh, write books put them on, on the this. spot. Yeah. No, please. I, I, I have two answers to this. The first one, listen, we all went through a lot in during the pandemic in 2020. And I hate to sound morbid about it, but we are the ones that made it. And so we have a chance to really make whatever it is that we're doing. We have a chance to like make it really count, you know? And so whether that's parenting, whether that's teaching, whether that's doing what we're doing now, right? For the first time ever, uh, you know, with promoting this book, I have to now think about promoting it and marketing it. And now for the first time in my life, social media has become like a part of my job and I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's you're like, preaching to the choir. He oh, made yeah. it. Yeah. No, and like I have to start thinking about these things like content creation, audience, all this stuff, like, you know, keeping up with all of these things. And I'm like, this all better be worth it. And like, I, I look at my kids, I look at my son. And I say, I just immortalized my son and my mom and all of us and our story by just publishing this book and leaving it out there. Mm-hmm. And so we really do have an opportunity, no matter what you do, to really make your life count. And so like, go for it, go for whatever it is that you want to do. As a new parent, there's going to be struggles, but it's so worth it. You know, like, there are going to be times where you want to give up. But like, that's just like anything. There's times where we want to give up on anything. How you do anything in life is how you're going to do everything. And so do the things that you will do 100%. Love it. I like that. Words, and the other, and the words. second, and the second two answer, questions, Alex, give them, let them. I know I'm, I'm saying finish. they were wise. Continue. No, I, I apologize. I keep talking over. We want to give, you, we give you positive reinforcement. All right. Now <laughs> on to the next answer. No, for the second answer, it's just being able to have clear communication with your partner, with your staff, whoever you're working with, you have to be able to be clear. Like, Hey, this is where my head's at. This is where this is. This is the step that I'm willing to take for especially for married couples or whomever who are thinking about having kids. It's just one of those things where like you need to, it's going to change your life completely. And you need to be on the same page with like, where would you expect it to be and what you're willing to do to, to make that happen. There are good days, there are bad days, but at the end of the day, you need to be able to be on the same page. What do we Sounds say? Like... It's all about Communication. <laughs> you guys ever see uh, Daddy's Home? You know, with uh, Mark Wahlberg, he comes yes. in and does like the panda uh, thing. I almost said Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought of, you know. <laughs> Again, thank you, Joe, so much yes, for joining you. us. It was so nice having you on. But can you tell everyone where they could find Plug yourself. you, where they could get your book? Yeah, uh, you can find me uh, and my book on Instagram at Lumpia for Lunch. And you can also check out a little bit more information about my story and about the book 
uh, and to purchase the book at lumpiaforlunch.com. It's also available on Amazon. Amazon, Barnes Ooh. and Noble. Oh, and Barnes that. and Noble. Big time. I got it off. You're a big deal. I'm like honored to have you on right now. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Joe. And we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thanks. So that was really cool. Like, I really like the book. Um, I think it's really important that like this is shown to it's, everyone. It's, a great, it's just bringing an awareness, you know? It's a great message to be teaching kids at such a young age, but also to be implementing in school. So the fact that Joe's a teacher and now he gets to impact all these kids for the rest of his teaching career is huge. I love it. I love it. Love I it. love it love all. It. So uh, go find his book, follow Joe, and appreciate our differences. And Filipino food. Yeah, well, all food. I love some Filipino food. I love all food. We have to stop talking about food. I'm, I'm, I'm just so, so hungry. hungry. I know. What do we want for dinner? I want meat. What? Okay, just in general, meat. Lots of meat. I want you, baby. Okay. Anyways, moving on to our next section. <laughs> Would, Would you, you rather? rather? Do you have a question for me? Oh, I got one. I'm not gonna like torture you today. It's not too bad. Alex, would you rather be trapped in a room with one million tarantulas for ten minutes? or be forced to eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? Be forced in a room. Eat? Really? Are you joking? Like, I could throw up right now. Are they poisonous? Are tarantulas poisonous? I don't know, but my friend Dana had two growing up. She had Rosie, and then Rosie died, and then she had Daisy. And I feel like those names don't match up with... She names all of her um, pets, like, flowers or plants. (laughs) I just also want to say, like, I'm not saying I'm scared of everything in the world, but sharks and spiders are like my two biggest fears i don't I, just like, like spiders creep me the fuck out i don't out. mind being around spiders it's eating them though fuck no no with their they're like fried no uh, no i no well mm-hmm. we need to find out if tarantulas are poisonous or not i'm sure some of them are okay the room is only the size of a bathroom that you're in and how many are there in there one million i don't, I don't one million tarantulas get... in the bathroom with you the bathroom will be filled I don't, You're I don't give be a fuck. Like I'm, not eating, I'm not eating them. I could close my eyes and like go into a deep meditation. I would try. I would probably have an internal panic attack. But <laughs> if you could deep meditate during that, then you are like the god of I'm Buddhism. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should be a yoga queen. I hate yoga. So no, I probably wouldn't be able to be calm, but I'm not eating them. No way. No shot. You would rather eat them? I have to eat them in 10 minutes. So is that the And They're alive. That's that's what I'm I, saying. It, wait, is it? Am I in a fear factor? Am I in the bathroom size? Like I just said, with one million. Yeah, tarantulas, exactly. I'm eating it. Then I'm gonna eat them. I'm gonna, what the? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna smash no. them we down like to, hamburgers. We have, to, we have to stop talking about this because I'm I'm getting nauseous. No, not happening. I'm stressed out. I'm sweating. All right, what's your question? Okay, John, would you rather look good in every picture taken of you, but never be able to take a good photo of anyone or anything? hundred <laughs> percent. I want photos of me. Or look bad in photos, but take amazing ones. So you would rather look good in every photo and take bad ones? If I'm looking amazing in every photo, I'm assuming I can make money off of it. No, it's just the best version of yourself. Oh, then fine. Not that you're like a model. I'm just trying. <laughs> like you're still you. You just look the best for you. Oh, damn it. Then no. It doesn't make no, you. Then it's all about the monies. Oh. Now, then I would want to do what I do now. Yeah. I'd make the most amazing videos yeah. in the world. I also feel like I'd rather 
take bad photos and then look better in person. You know, like people be like, wow, she looks like a trash panda on the internet. And then like you see me in real life and you're like, oh, I feel like I said that to you on our first date. That I was just so beautiful in person. Or the opposite. I can't remember which one I said. I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) You catfished me. People have said that to me before after seeing That's me rude. no 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 like from tiktok they'll oh. see me in person they'll be like oh my god you're pretty in person i'm like i'm gonna take that as a huge fucking compliment thank you so much 100 oh, <laughs> percent. because when we're, i'm doing tiktoks i'm obviously trying to get like my best angles anyway but to get the compliment in person i'm like i'll take it thank you but yeah i would rather I i'm now i'm answering this question okay. i would rather i feel like lately we've been answering each other's questions <laughs> so you're getting two answers <laughs> I would definitely rather take amazing photos and videos of other people because then you could make more money doing that too. Right. Basically like what we're doing now. You're basically, you're just talking about our life. <laughs> I guess that's true. Cool. Moving on again. Moving on again to give it to me straight. Well, we answer all your burning questions. If you guys have any questions, you can email us at hello at give it to me straight podcast.com. However, I think we're actually going to start changing up our format ish like in regards to getting questions it might be easier to get them from you guys via instagram just like a daily not daily but a weekly yeah weekly questionnaire i don't need questions daily yeah no we don't need that but that way it's just like quicker and easier for you guys to write in there and then we can answer them directly here perfect so since we had a guest today we only have time for one question alex what is it hey guys long time listener here you guys preach communication communication oh damn it Ready? (laughs) Communication. But for my boyfriend and I, it's easier said than done. How do you communicate in the bad times when you literally just want to murder each other? We both get so heated, take deep digs at one another, and say things we don't mean. What are some tips you have to avoid hateful comments and to be able to talk to each other as calm, level-headed adults? I mean, for us, I feel like we say this all the time, like, give yourselves a minute. Right. Before you you say anything, because that's why the deep digs are coming out. You're not thinking like clearly in that moment you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking hurt this person and it is like you see fire in your eyes and you're like this person is the enemy and i I, and i'm going to end them and it's really just about winning and it's like who can hurt the other person worse but isn't that crazy if you think about it because it's like that is your teammate right yeah you know everything about each other that's your teammate where when i'm riding high you're riding high but man if we get into it it's like right like you know their trigger points it's so counterproductive though right yeah, a hundred percent. It's such a waste of time. Again, like unless this person, unless this is consistent and you guys are fighting over bigger issues and especially if this gets physical crosses a line, but if these are just like bickering and it's not all the time, like you guys, you know, you have your heated arguments sparingly as we all do take a minute from one another. It's not something that you have to discuss right in the heat of the moment. Like if you feel yourself starting to take digs or ready to say something mean and hurtful that you can't take back, just don't have that conversation right then go on a walk. Well, even if you're not ready to like, even think if they apologize to me right now, am I going to accept that apology? And if you're not like, what's the point of even having the conversation? Just mm-hmm. give yourselves a minute, you know? There's nothing like separating and just like going to the gym or going on a walk or doing literally anything else for like an hour without your without your partner to bring you back to home base and be Actually, like, it's kind of hard for me when you like Alex will go on walks and I don't hear from her for like 45 minutes and then I get nervous. And so then, then I started blowing her phone. I'm like, hey, are you okay? Are you, where are you? Or like <laughs> I've gone on walks before, especially when we live downtown. And you would just pull up like in the car and you're like, okay, I'm sorry. Can you please get in? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want anything to happen to you. But yeah, I just, I just think that. Also arguing is healthy. You need to argue once in a while. If you're not arguing, 
something's up. Once it, like, yeah, but like, what is it about? Like, what are your arguments about? I think context has a lot to do with it. The one good thing about arguing is what? It's bringing awareness to the table of what is bothering someone. And I think that is a way to fix the problem. But I don't think that you have to get so heated. Like if it is an, an issue, you need to try to have- We've talked about this before, fight fair. That's what it is. If you're having an argument, argue over the topic. Don't bring up other random shit that has nothing right. to do with it, Right. which involves cutting deep. You know each other's insecurities. You know everything about each other. Don't do it. Taking deep digs is not going to be productive towards whatever you're fighting about. And like, look at the other factors. Are you guys both exhausted? Like what, like, have, is it 2 a.m.? Are you drinking? What are the outside elements to lead you to being so angry? You know, there's a time and a place yeah. and it's not at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that helped. Um, but anyways, anything else you want to say, people. John? Good luck, people. Good luck. Good luck. No, I think you guys are fine. Again, just... Just breathe. Just breathe. Take a minute. That's all. John's getting back into his singing career. And breathe. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're loving our podcast, we would really appreciate a five-star review and a comment. Like, subscribe. Tell us what you're loving, not what you're hating. If you are hating, though, it would be good to <laughs> shed some light on that. Maybe I could fix that. Well, maybe in an email. Or maybe I like, won't. For constructive criticism. <laughs> it doesn't have to be in a review. <laughs> but thank you. If you guys want to email us, you can reach us at hello at giveittomestraightpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at giveittomestraightpodcast. And we are on TikTok at giveittomestraight. We will see you next week. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. Ooh. <laughs> Fancy. Fancy.